take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. You know, in past episodes, Jane, we have spoken about how much time how much quality time couples Mm -hmm. should be spending together, Mm -hmm. right? And we have kind of mentioned it to be at least five to six hours a week of quality time. But what do couples do if they are apart? If someone travels for business, for example, we've met many couples who, you know, one person has to travel on a weekly basis. And so they're away from each other for long periods of time. And so what do they do? How are they going to get that quality time in? I think this is a huge challenge for a lot of people. One of the things I think is really important is that um, quality versus quantity. You know, it's all about knowing that you're thought about and cared for. So I remember this one woman, she actually was a person who uh, cut my hair, right? Mm -hmm. And she would make her husband's sandwich every day for work. And she would take a bite out of it. And so. Just like a little memento. Right. And so, you know, when he got to work and he opened up his lunch, there would be this little reminder of her. And those are like little touch points. And those touch points, I think there's a lot of a lot of juice you get for a little bit. Do you remember that other couple we were working with that would have parties together? And he was out grilling and she was inside like entertaining people coming right. through the door. And so they, they kind of felt separated because they had to entertain and be host and hostess. Right. They loved having parties together, but they didn't get to enjoy it as a couple. Right. And they always felt really disconnected. And then they would fight afterwards, even though they had a great night. Even though they got had a great night with guests. Right. Yeah. They had an enjoyable evening. They had an enjoyable party. Right. But there was no connection really happening between the two of them. And they were, they were making huge investments in other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they decided that there was one room in the house that one of them would go into that room and turn the light on. And then the other one would come in and see it on and turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't want to interrupt each other when they were talking to other people Mm -hmm. or in the middle of something. And so that's what they came up with as their touch point. Their little reminder to each other that Mm -hmm. they are thinking about the other person. If you travel and you're the one doing the traveling, and your partner is home. And we see this a lot on both both sides. Sometimes it's the wife traveling, sometimes it's the husband traveling. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to understand what the person at home is going through. 
the never ending of putting out fires with the kids, with the kids' moods, with homework, with maybe somebody getting sick, with the phone ringing, with just all the little just interruptions. taking care of the daily, yeah. day-by-day kind of stuff, yeah. So what do you think it would feel like if, like, dinner showed up at the door? You just ordered, like, DoorDash or yeah. something. And yeah, Sent your partner All of a sudden, the, partner the, the doorbell food, rings yeah. and there's a pizza or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, the one thing I can take off my plate, mm-hmm. right? Little things like that. It's not even that you yourself are doing it in person, right? right? You're having someone else do it, but you're thinking about the other person and you're trying to support them in some way that's meaningful. Or if the person's traveling, why not send them flowers to the room in their hotel or something that, you know, how nice would that be if you're gone all week to walk into that every day, that every day there's some flowers there because your partner thought about you. Yeah, we're talking about just really small actions here Mm -hmm. that can make a huge difference and communicate a lot more than just words. I know that when we did our big hike, Angie slipped some notes into our resupply buckets. Angie is our daughter-in-law, yes, and she was helping us prepare our resupply buckets, and then she kind of put some little notes, you know, notes of encouragement, which was very helpful for us when we were out on the trail and we were really having a difficult time. Especially when we got that bucket and it was pouring rain and it it was just not, it was a pretty miserable day. Right. And that just... It just brightens your day up so much. Just a little thoughtfulness. I know some people leave notes. Some people, I want to say they use lipstick on a mirror. Right. Yeah, they would just kind of put a little message mm-hmm. you know, to their partner. Yeah. If they left early in the morning or something and their partner was still asleep or something, right? right? You know, I, I had a, a client who his wife traveled a lot and she would drive um, you know, to different states for business and she loved enjoying Twizzlers while she was driving. And so she was preparing for a trip and you know, when she got in the car, there was already a bag of Twizzlers sitting there on the passenger seat because he had that forethought and he wanted to, you know, do something a little nice for her so that she would feel thought of. It's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Right. You know, John Gottman, um, he, term something called bid attempts and you know in his uh, love lab in Seattle the researchers um, kind of saw little actions that were taken between couples you know one person would maybe um, you know call to their partner and say hey come here check this out this article I'm reading you know it was like this really subtle attempt to make a connection and he termed this bid attempts And, you know, what we're talking about here is kind of similar to that. It's the same kind of concept here is that, you know, quality time or making an attempt to reach out to your partner um, can be just small actions like this. It could be small actions and, and it can be a way of letting your partner know that you're thinking about them, that you care about them. And it just, it adds up in that quality time bank account. And you don't even have to be separated for very long or, or traveling in order to keep those touch points going. They just meet, they're so meaningful. You know, I remember we're, we're together quite a bit and we always have been most of our relationship. We've always worked either at the same company or in our own company together. Mm-hmm. Um, but on our second anniversary, it was my dad's funeral. 
right? Right. That's going to be 20 years this year that, that he passed. Anyways, you know, we didn't get an opportunity to celebrate our anniversary. So I remember um, I decided that I was going to sneak you away on a trip when you didn't know about it. And I had to pack and I had to plan it and I had to fib to you a little bit. <laughs> you, you called my boss and you had my boss have me come in like two hours earlier than I was expected. And I didn't know why. And I came in and my boss just sat there and talked to me about his relationship. And I was just so mad. I remember I was like, I was called in early to work for this. <laughs> and then I had my mom call you to leave early to go fix some plumbing or something. And that's what you thought we were doing. But those little things, you know, I'm sure I still think about it today. And that was, you know, 20 years ago. And I know you did that to me once. You said we were going to go to a, I think your sister's oh, birthday yeah. party. Yeah, my sister's house. Or and something. you kept driving all the way to Florida. Right. <laughs> you know, those little surprises. And surprises are really hard for me because I always like to tell you because I get so excited. <laughs> and so I always want to blow it and say, oh, Oh, I'm doing this thing for you. This is what I'm doing. And oh, you mean that. a surprise for me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when I'm trying to surprise you. Because you don't like being surprised either. No, not so much. Right. That yeah. surprise party I did for you? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't like that too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was still lovely. And it was a lovely thought. But it's, yeah, for me, that's, it feels very um, vulnerable, I think is the right word. Uh, absolutely. And... It's supposed to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? When you make connections with your partner, when you reach out to them and when, t when you want to show them, you know, that you're thinking about them, it is vulnerable. You are, you know, kind of exposing yourself and well, you could expose yourself. That would be a, a way of showing that you care <laughs> also, but you, you know what I mean? You know, and the fact is that, you know, couples struggle with that when they are actually together, when they don't have to travel for business. And so couples who have that physical separation, it makes it 10 times harder. I like when um, we go to someone else's house and they have one of those dry erase boards up with their lists on it. And I always write on their list, kiss your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think I write that on some of your lists as well, right? On Asana, I'll give you a task. Just to remind you to kiss your wife. <laughs> well, you can get lost in the everyday obligations and all of the, the pressures that we all have. And sometimes it's important to just take a step back and remember what is really important. It's really important, especially for our emotional and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. You know, we have often talked about the four most important times a day, right? Right. And when you are having those touch points during those four most important times a day, it decreases anxiety and decreases depression. And those bonding times are really, really important. And one thing I would say, and we're not perfect at doing this either, but I think there should be a general rule of thumb of not being on electronics before and after having sex. Yes, a absolutely. A little time before so that you can feel more bonded and connected. And especially afterwards when you have all those bonding chemicals running through you, if you're not spending that 
just holding that other person, you're missing out on some really big connections that has really wonderful benefits on our health. Yeah, I think uh, there is, I don't remember, but there's a couple that they have a rule of no phones in the bedroom. I, I think that's a great idea to be honest with you. It is so easy to, and it's that idea of, you know, just feeling like your phone has something for you and it's so important. And it isn't. It typically isn't. I think the only thing that would be really, really important, which I don't think we ever have, is if our kids really needed us. Right. And and I think that's kind of an easy justification, Mm -hmm. you know, to say that if there is an emergency, you know, how is someone going to get a hold of you? And I think it's just important to to consider it, to think about that concept of how much presence the phone has, you know, how much are you allowing it to have a presence in your bedroom, in your intimate relationship? You know, if it's difficult for couples to connect on a daily basis and they see each other every day, you can only imagine how much more difficult it is if the phone is a distraction. You know, if you are reaching out into the social media world or electronic world for whatever reason, that's time and energy that you are not, you're not dedicating to your partner. And we've also talked about that in terms of, you know, having some discipline around it, but at the same time, electronics can connect us. Yeah. You know, our kids don't live here and they haven't in four years and without phones and social media, we probably would be very disconnected from them. And, you know, if your partner's traveling, it is a great way to stay connected. And, you know, if you can do FaceTime or video chat, however you do that, right? There's Skype and Zoom and all sorts of different ways to do that. FaceTime or, yeah. Yep. And those are, it helps you stay more present. You know, some of the work we do, we do virtual sessions as well. We do phone sessions, but we also do video sessions. And the video sessions are just so much more focused. It's like if I'm on the phone, I'm going to start cleaning my office or something while I'm chatting, you know, and I don't stay as present as I do when I'm video chatting. So video chat, if you're if you're apart, you can also send each other little text messages or cute little pictures. I think the teenagers are good with that with the Snapchat. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, as long as they're appropriate with it. One of the interesting things is we are preparing for Valentine's Day, which is our 22nd anniversary. Yay. And our plan is to share our story. And that will come out on February 13th, which is the Thursday, which is a broadcast day, the day before our our 22nd anniversary. And then we will be launching the 22 Date Night Challenge. And so we put out on social media, like, what kind of questions do you guys have for us? What would you want to know about our relationship? And what we got back is a lot of, how do you guys deal with things? And I think that's why we're talking about this topic today, because somebody wrote back and says, you know, what do you do? How do you stay connected when you don't work together or, you know, your partner travels? And so you're going to hear us between now and Valentine's Day discussing more of those topic questions that people have asked us to talk more about. Yeah, one of the questions was, you know, what do you imagine your relationship would be like if the two of you took a different career path completely outside of anything relating to treating human beings, though perhaps still business partners? You know, I, I think that's a really great question because, yes, day in and day out, we are helping people. 
We are helping couples specifically. We're helping them have happy relationships. In, at, in the same vein, we're also spending a lot of time together, right? Working on our relationship, learning day in and day out what it takes in order to have a healthy relationship for us and then be able to help other couples have a healthy relationship. So if we had different career paths, let, let's say that we had a, a, a shoe business, maybe, okay? Or, or I had a shoe business, you had maybe some, some other business, and you know we had time apart, we had things in our lives that did not intersect, would that put a challenge and a strain on our relationship? Well, we've actually done that. One of the things that we did that was a common project is we built our home pub together. Mm -hmm. That was a three-year process. There were lots of people involved. There were oftentimes you were working on one thing while I was working on something else. Right. And I think the cool thing about that is we kind of came back together and were able to enjoy it post. Also during, but you could be like, hey, look, this is what I did today. I'd be like, oh, this is what I got done today. And so we still had those touch points that were really enjoyable, even though we were working separate. And now in the end, it was a culmination of not just our energy, but the energy of all the people that helped us uh, put the pub together. And so that was different and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But there were times when uh, a lot of kids would be in the house and you would be down here and I would be upstairs having entertain entertain them when I would probably have preferred to be down here working on stuff. But we were still kind of both investing in a similar thing together. Yeah, I would say regardless of what career we were in or mm -hmm. what business that we shared, um, we have gone through the same kinds of challenges that other couples have gone through and go through when it comes to connecting with each other and investing time in the relationship. I mean, even though we have this business together and working with couples, there are times where we go through an entire day and I'm working with my clients individually, you're working with your clients individually, and we're just seeing each other pass in the hallway to go to the bathroom. Right. You know, and, and it's like one minute here or one minute there. And those times we feel more disconnected, even though we're in the same space. You know, we might even be in the same uh, couple session together, and we haven't seen each other for hours because we were doing mostly individual that day. And... You know, it is, it's a totally different relationship. It's a business relationship in addition to our personal relationship. And, you know, with with doing that work, if we talk about the phones, we can't be on our phone. We have to be present and we're diving really deep into people's lives. And so at the same time as we're working on people, we are also discovering things about human nature and relationships. And we have this I'm not even going to call it an issue, but we have this thing and it goes in both directions, right? Sometimes you and I are personally in the middle of a fight. Mm -hmm. We're not talking to each other. Yes, we do fight. <laughs> we're a normal couple. And we have to go to work together and we have to work with couples and we'll be in the same room even though we have this huge unresolved thing and we haven't talked to each other in maybe probably overnight. Right. You know, and then we have the opposite problem where I'm hearing uh, my client's side of things and I'm coming up with my own thoughts and ideas about what's going on in that relationship. And you're hearing her counterpart 
the husband's side of things and you're coming up with your own concept and idea of their relationship and then we fight about that. So <laughs> we have to manage our fights going into the office. We also have to manage our office fights coming into our personal life. So that's, I think, an extra challenge that we have that I think if we had a shoe repair business, we might not have so much blurred lines. Yeah, I, I would agree because, you know, I, I think an added benefit is that because we're hearing um, each client's perspective of their relationship and the challenges they're going through, I think it, it actually helps, well, I, I should say for me, it helps me process maybe, you know, the fight that we had or what we're disagreeing about in a way that I'm able to let it go a lot easier. You know, like yeah, it's I like can, a tandem way of us growing. Yeah, like I can see what the couple is struggling with, and and in comparison, what we might have been arguing about is just it, you know, is really minuscule. So I'm able to let go of it more and not hold on to any resentment or, or residual anger. I think if we were going to talk about the greatest challenge that separation has had on our relationship, would have to be. Early on in the company, you had to go work for a big hospital. Right. And you decided to also start a doctorate program. Right. And so there was a time when I was in the business pretty much alone, trying to manage, you know, running the business, taking care of the staff, and also raising the kids. Because you would get up and leave at 6 in the morning and you wouldn't come back until you would get to the office and see a few clients and we'd be done at 8.30 at night and then you'd study till 2 or 3 in the morning. It was the only time in our lives that I was really going to bed by myself. I was making a lot of decisions by myself. You were really living a very different life with other people. You know, you had colleagues, you had fellow students, you had things you were learning, things you had a whole world I wasn't a part of. And I was kind of left to run the house, run the business, take care of the kids. That probably was the greatest pressure we had in our relationship. I would absolutely agree with that. It was probably the largest amount of separation that we've had and the most alone that each of us felt too in our relationship. And this was over a five-year period. Yes. And I would say, I would say we got really close to getting divorced. Uh, I'll tell you, if you know, could go back in time, I definitely would not have done that. I, I would not have gone on and got my doctorate. Um, I would not have, you know, worked elsewhere because it was just too much being pulled in multiple directions. And it really put a huge strain on our relationship and the amount of time that was necessary for us to stay connected. Yeah, it was between the ages when Dean was eight till he was 13. Mm-hmm. And Alec was 18 until he was 22, 23. And the other day we were watching that documentary, right, on the Apollo mission control. The Apollo program. Mm-hmm. And the Apollo program was very interesting because nothing like that really existed and they were just looking for people that had something to contribute. So if you knew how to put something, if you knew how to weld, if you knew electronics, if you knew anything about aerodynamics, like all these different people from these dis different disciplines, and they were talking about how intense it was and how 
serious because people died, right? So these people really had to figure out what they were doing and they didn't know they were making it up as they went along. And it was really sad to see this one man. I don't remember his name and he's probably in his seventies. And he said, you know, I was in the right place at the right time during this incredible time in history and part of watching human beings create this amazing thing like walk on the moon. And then he said, and if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have done it. Cause, Cause it, it destroyed his family. Yeah. Destroyed his relationship. And he was gone days on end. You know, and I'm no sure looking back at 70 years old, when all of the <clears throat> pressures of that are over and he's retired, he's alone. His kids, his wife, they, he abandoned them and then they abandoned him. See, I, I think this is the thing. And, th and that is that nobody has it down. Mm -mm. You know, and everybody thinks that someone else has got it down or has the right formula, right? That you're supposed to go and, you know, work 80 plus hours a week, you know, for your, your business, for your career, to advance your career so that you could be a provider. And, you know, it justifies it in the end, the fact that you're not spending any time with your spouse or your kids because that's what you're supposed to do. That's your role, right? And people look around and they see other people doing it. And they think, you know what? That person's doing it and this person's doing it. So that must mean that I should be doing that also. And I need to be conscribing to what society tells me I should be or what I should be doing. And every relationship gets to a point where they struggle. Every relationship gets to a point where there's this disconnect and they're unhappy. And typically they're unhappy because they're doing the formula. They're trying to live their life based on what everyone else says they should be doing. Remember that one friend you had that every Thursday her boyfriend would bring her a flower? Right, right. <laughs> it got to the point where she hated it. Every Thursday he was bringing her like flowers i think it was like a dozen or something like that you bring a dozen roses and it got to the point where she was just questioning when it was going to end yeah <laughs> right she kind of lost the appreciation mm -hmm. you know and he was doing it because he thought that that's what he had to do and he started and he couldn't stop you know the other thing that's interesting if we're going to talk a little bit about social media is you know we have clients that we're working with that we know the struggles they're going through. We know at a very deep level the problems that they're having. But then we also see them on social media and they look fantastic. Oh yeah, well put together. <laughs> I mean like Instagram model yeah. type of people, yeah. And and it's so funny for us cuz we know the truth. The truth is is that it is so easy to stop and smile and take a picture. Mhm. Mm and make it look like you've got it down and you know what you're doing, but I promise you those are snapshots. They're not, that's not the whole story at all. I remember that during the hike, we would be dying on a hike doing, you know, a mile of vertical to the, to get to a mountain pass. And we would stop and we would take a cute little picture of an amazing scenery. Right. Right. And we were in hell. <laughs> the picture does not tell the story it's beautiful. of the journey at all. If you want to see those pictures, those right. are on, on the trail, Facebook page on the trail. With Ray and Jean. With Ray and Jean. 
amazing postcard pictures everywhere. Yeah. But it was it grueling. was hard. it was totally grueling. Right. And so if you are looking around and you think everyone else has it down, I promise you, they do not, and neither do we. Right. It, it is a snapshot view of the moment, mm-hmm. which says nothing about the journey. Right. And every couple struggles out there. That is just part of being in a relationship. And most people don't know this. They just don't. They think that it should be easy. They think that it should, should just click. And and not have to take any work. Right. <laughs> what in life is that way? Where did we get that silly idea that it was, well, you know where it comes from, the happily ever after. Happily right? ever after, happily right? Happily ever after. Yep. Yep. The prince meets the princess and then yeah. they ride off into the sunset and it's just not, it's just not that way. And those are some of the topics we're going to be covering because uh, people are asking, how do you guys deal with um, working on your relationship? That was one of the questions. How do you work well, on Well, just the challenges that we face, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because they're questioning it, you know, within themselves. And, you know, it's very, it's very easy to kind of get this view that we have all the answers. And I hope that we are communicating through this podcast that we don't have all the answers. We're still trying to figure that out for ourselves in our own relationship. Well, here's a secret. There aren't any answers. No, there. <laughs> <laughs> right. discovery well, is growth, right? <laughs> right. Don't get discouraged out there. You know, what we're talking about here and what we're offering are perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through our stories through the couples that tell their stories, through our own stories and our own experience in working with so many couples, we can offer you perspectives and give you the tools so that you guys can make it work for you and your relationship and how unique it is because it is absolutely unique. You know, some of the struggles that couples face are similar, but how you deal with it, that is going to be up to you. You know, in in the next episode, we are featuring Gina and Leo. And Gina uh, is Gina Gonzalez. She is the one who wrote our uh, intro and and outro music. And she is also our voiceover Mm -hmm. at the end of our podcast. And she is a a pretty well-known musician. She tours with uh, Gary Sinise and the Lieutenant Dan Band um, and has for many years. And she and Leo have a wonderful relationship together, but the struggles that they go through are being apart and having two different careers. Because he works days during the week and she works nights on the weekends. And there are times where, you know, one of Leo's passion is boating. And so there'll be times that he will be out on his boat and Gina will be working and they're not able to spend that quality time together. And, you know, you'll, you'll hear in their episode how they make that work and how they still make those connections with each other. Everyone wants attention. Everyone wants to be invited. Everyone wants to be included. And then everyone feels insecure about asking, about asking someone to come over for dinner or, hey, let's go for coffee. But I promise you it's worth reaching out. It is really worth reaching out. And If someone reaches out to you, say yes. If somebody wants to spend time with you, make an effort, find time. 
obviously if you have poor boundaries and you're spending all of your time socializing and not enough personal time or time in your relationship, there's boundaries around that. But all too often people feel left out and they are really probably more left out because they just don't know they're included. And the more you start saying yes to things, especially when your partner makes those bid attempts, if your partner wants to show you something they're working on, whether you're interested or not, you would listen if you were a friend. Take some time and get to know your partner a little bit better and things they're doing outside of the relationship. And share with your partner. You know, Ray and I work together, but there's times when he's working on something. I have no idea what he's doing. And then 30 decisions later, he fills me in. And I had no idea what he was doing. I'm sure I've never done that to you, right? Oh, never. <laughs> never. And sometimes we forget because we get both we both get very involved in the different aspects of the things that we're working on and doing that we forget to share those things. And you know, sometimes the sharing of it is just so the other person knows you. Sometimes the sharing is because you want input, but mostly it's because you want someone to say, "You know what? Good job. I appreciate you." And thank you for what you're doing for this relationship and for our family. And, you know, I tried to do that. I don't know if you noticed, I was trying to be grateful at night and say nice things about you. I think it lasted a couple of days. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard to do. It's very hard to stay focused, you know, on the positive and reaching out to your partner and letting them know about the things that you appreciate about them. You know, it's very easy to to take it for granted and and it's much easier to point out the negative it's much easier to point out the (laughs) negative it's safer yeah right it's not as vulnerable right you know because there's that risk of rejection if you reach out to your partner and say hey i really appreciate it you did this or did that or said this or said that you know they could come back with rejection and be like well you should be doing that more for me you know (laughs) and 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 it's it's that risk of rejection or that fear of rejection that keeps people from, you know, opening up to dropping the guard and, and really just, you know, saying, Hey, I appreciate you. And, and, you know, I I really love you. And we're saying it's worth the risk. Do it. Just reach out and tell your partner what you think in a good way. Or, you know, leave a post-it note or send a text or something, you know, just do something that is nice and, and make it consistent but change it up so it's not something that's expected, but it's truly something that communicates how you really feel about your partner and that you care about them and you're thinking about them and they're, that they're on the top of your mind. And sometimes it's really fun to do that in public. I know you don't like that when I do that to you. When we're like checking out at the grocery store and I'm like, isn't my husband hot? <laughs> you're like, oh, yes. don't do that. Very uncomfortable, right? But it feels nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely does, Yeah, right? It's just nice in that embarrassing kind of way, mm-hmm. right? But it's cute. And, you know, the humor, you know, cuteness and just little signs of affection are ways of continuing that, those bit attempts and letting your partner know that you care about them. I think because they're small, we think they're not significant, but they're hugely significant. And especially if you're traveling and you have a lot of this physical proximity distance Mm -hmm. from each other, it is even more important that you put effort in, in this way. 
I just wanted to read a a review that we got oh, because fun. this is a really cool one. Um, this is a review from the host of the Marketing Book Podcast. And the title was, Marriage is a Lot of Work, Here's How to Do It. He said, I always heard that marriage is a lot of work, but have never had it explained very well in terms of the specifics. This gem of a show walks you through exactly what to do and what to focus on. Listen and benefit from the gift of this show. I really want to thank you for wow. listening to us and, and our podcast and also for giving us such an awesome review. You know, a lot of kudos out to you as well. You know, running a podcast is a very difficult thing to do. Yes, it is. You know what I appreciate about this review is it gives us the feedback that our goal of helping people, uh, getting them this information and helping them know that what they're going through is normal and here are some things they can do is actually the message that's out there, which is great. I love that. Yeah, this this is a, a fun thing for us to do, but mm-hmm. we really want to be able to get that message out to people, you know, because I mean, we're we're in it in the business of helping couples. That that's just what we've always done and it's been our passion. And if we can reach out and help couples like just out there in the world mm-hmm. that might be struggling people and will looking never get for that, to meet. Yeah, people we may never meet. Mm-hmm then it, it just intensifies that passion for us. And it, it really lets us know that we, we are doing good in this world. It, it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we can do. And I'm really happy that we, you know, in the beginning of our business, I'm just going to share this really quick. It, it was hard to market. It was hard to go and tell people, well, what do you do? Well, I help men be better husbands and fathers, and yeah. I help women be better wives. And not, it's not like, the... oh, I can help you make a million dollars, or I can help you, right. you know. And it, it they was just stare through yeah, you. Yeah, it was that, like, yeah. don't look at me. Right. And this avenue of podcasting, you guys get to have this information in the privacy of your own home cars, wherever you're listening, and it feels really, really great. And, and to get the feedback because it's very intimate and it's a very difficult thing to talk about in public. And, you know, here's another thing. There is no rule book or manual mm-hmm. out there. No. You know, you, you think that, you know, the schooling that we went through when we both got our master's degree and I went my, got my doctorate degree, that there would be a class on how to have a healthy relationship, that there's a formula that you follow and you would be good right? No, <laughs> there isn't, right? Nope. No, not at all. And and so everything that we have learned and that we talk about in our podcast, we've learned from helping people. Mm-hmm. We've learned from working on our own relationship, right? Yes, applying some a lot of the knowledge that we were taught along the way, but most of it is is experiential, So there's a few weeks left. If you have any questions you would like us to tackle between now and Valentine's Day 2020, or if you there's things that you want to know about Ray and I's relationship, because we are going to be interviewed and tell you our story. And that'll come out on February 13th. Yeah, you can send those questions um, on our Facebook page at Couple Synergy, or you can also send it uh, via email to contact at couplesynergy.com. 
So we want to really thank you for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy about the topic of maintaining a connection through distance. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationship. Our passion is in helping couples have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast, as we said, gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us again at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.